Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors are right here every week on Next on the Tee. Join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show. Now back in making his sixth appearance with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Brian Jacobs. Let me remind you about Brian's background. He earned his undergraduate and then Master's of Education from State University of New York at Brockport. He became a PGA Assistant Director of Instruction at Ravenwood Golf Club up in Rochester, New York back in 2006, simultaneously becoming a staff instructor for Hank Haney Golf. 2010, he became a Director of Instruction and a Hank Haney Certified Instructor at Iran Dequois Country Club in Rochester. In 2014, he became a lead instructor on the Golf Channel Academy. 2015, he started the Brian Jacobs Golf Academy at Ridgemont Country Club, also up in Rochester. Check out his website, brianjacobsgolf.com. A lot of great content on there to help you improve your game. I've got my Brian Jacobs Golf t-shirt on right now. and very excited to have Brian back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Brian, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Six times. I'm feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my friend, not intentional. Oh. So, Brian, I know you've got a lot of exciting things going on, particularly things what has captured my attention this year, and I certainly can't wait for it to arrive here in Atlanta in October. But you're out there uh, doing clinics with Colin Swatton, who is uh, Jason Day's coach. Talk about the things you're doing and helping people around the country improve their golf games. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, Colin and I have uh, been friends for a little while, and, and um we're very like-minded in our thinking and how we approach the game. And, and so we joined forces a little bit to, to uh, take uh, what we call tour practice series to different facilities around the country. And um, so what we do is we come in and do putting wedges and full swing. And then we also work on the mental game. So we work out of four buckets, uh, physical, mental, tactical, and technical. Um, so many golf schools are just technical schools. So we do classroom, we do um, on course as much as we can, and then on range and teach people how to practice rather than here's the, here's the correction, you know, you're on your own. And um, uh, what we try to do as well is um, trust in business for the professionals that are in the area. Um, and we want to lead uh, students into those professionals so that they can carry on uh, you know, the instruction that we bring there. Uh, and then in the evenings, typically we either will do, uh, either a charity Q&A for, uh, PGA Ring or PGA Hope and then, or we'll do a, uh, roadmap for juniors. So it's, uh, Q&A where parents and players can come in and, and talk to Colin and I about our players. Mostly I stand in the corner in that one. Um, and they want to talk about Jason <laughs> and, and how he, uh, um, you know, how he rose to number one and, and then, uh, you know, kind of how juniors can navigate the process a little bit and, and be clear about how they're supposed to practice and play and how parents are supposed to cheer. And, and, uh, so it's kind of a cool format for us. So Brian, for, for everyone now listening and uh, thinking to themselves, boy, I hope they're coming to a city near me. Do you guys have a schedule out there available for, the different dates and uh, cities you guys are going to be going to throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, we're formulating right now. It's it's kind of we had a prototype run up here uh, that went pretty well, and we learned a lot. And so our next date is October um, and yours. But we've got interest in Ohio uh, and a couple of different cities, Columbus, 
and then also Cleveland. And then uh, we've got some interest in Oregon and in Boston. So we just need to firm up dates before I can, um, you know, launch it out. Uh, but it's, it's going to gain some traction. And then uh, typically what we do is we do a Sunday. And then on a Monday, we uh, meet with the PGA section and uh, teach teachers how to teach as well. So it's kind of a twofold purpose, you know, to go into places. The, the price point's great. Um, we're usually... Well, I'm about almost 2000 a day and, and Collins around the same, maybe a little bit more, 495 for us to come in. And we work with, you know, 16 students. Um, so they get plenty of attention. And so we're not about the money. We're more about growing the game and, and, uh, making sure that the messages are being sent the proper way. So pretty cool that we have a lower price point and a lot of schools that are out there and, and they're being coached by, I feel, you know, with Colin, one of the best coaches that's, you know, ever been on tour because he's been on Jason's bag along with being his coach, which is very rare. And Brian, you talk about, you know, teaching teachers how to teach. And I'm curious, as you've gotten to spend time with Colin and sort of observe one another, have you guys seen in each other, you with him and he with you, different techniques that now you might actually incorporate when you guys kind of go back to, you know, he goes back to Jason, you go back to teaching the, the students you have up there in Rochester. Have there been, has there been a swap of, hey, that's a great idea. Hey, I never thought of that. Sure. Yeah, there is. There's, um, he's brilliant, you know, and just talking with him. And I always feel like I'm gleaning, you know, information off of him all the time. But he's, he's also, you know, with me saying, wow, that's a great way to do this. Or I never thought of that. Or, or uh, you know, even on the business end. Um, I've gotten very involved in, you know, the Golf Channel's business solutions and as well, um, not only for my own business, but also to help other instructors out because typically instructors are really, really bad at business. They're great at teaching, but they're, they're awful. I mean, really at business, they don't know how to use social media and or they'll have all this technology, but they can't get students to come in, you know, so we're, we constantly talk about ideas about how we're going to drive people into our business. And, and with Colin, not just, um, you know, coaching Jason, um, you know, now he's not on the bag. So 25 weeks out of the year, he's not caddying anymore. So he's running a business. So it's, it's fun to help him with his business side. Um, and we bounce tons of ideas off each other when it comes to that. I go, you know, what do you think about this? And he'll say, I don't know. You know, he'll be more level-headed about it than I might be, and and so I appreciate him for that, and and I know he appreciates me too from my business sense and my teaching sense as well. Um, so it's pretty cool, and I'll send him video, and he doesn't send me much video though, but but um, I send him videos of players, and and he'll say, "Hi, oh, man, you did a good job with that one, mate. You know, that was really really good. <laughs> that I like, you know, where the shaft is, and I like this. Um, so it's pretty cool to." be able to send him something and i know that if it wasn't proper he would also say hey let's um you know let's get try to get it here or there which most teachers are um i experienced that with just about every teacher that i've ever talked to including hank or jim mclean or martin hall all those guys are great tom you know tp is great you know they want to help they want to make sure that the legacy of teaching is is you know moving in the right direction and Brian, you know, I, I'm sure you've had the conversation with Colin about 
being around Jason and Jason's rise. And you mentioned, you know, obviously Jason at one point had gotten himself to number one in the world. Mm-hmm. Has he shared what, what that's like? I mean, that's gotta be an awful lot of pressure, not just for Jason, but for Colin, who was not only his coach, you know, throughout this whole process, but also on the bag with him for so many years. Did he talk about mm-hmm. what it's like being under that sort of spotlight? Yeah, I think, it, you know, when they rose up there, he knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, just by his work ethic and, and just his drive. And, and Colin is very black and white, which I like. It's either this way or this way. This is how it's going to go. Um, you know, and he knows that it's not a straight line. Um, and when you're around guys like that, um, who coach tour players or high level players, even like me, you become less emotional about it. You want them to win. You don't live and die with every shot. Like when I first started, um, I would die, you know, with every, like, oh my God. Like, how am I going to get this kid to, which it's an evolution, you know, and it's the same. Now, I don't know if you, you noticed that or, or heard that, you know, Jason has really recommitted himself to being number one. Um, and he knows what it takes to get there and Colin knows what it takes to get there. So it's really cool to talk with him and, and, um, not so much share what he's doing with him, but just that process of, of what it takes, you know, how many days they're together. Like he's in Columbus right now working with him getting them ready for the open, you know, prepping them for it. And these guys go sun up to sun down every day. Um, it's just relentless, you know, in that pursuit. Um, and they know the formula. I thought that it was a great move to hire Stevie Williams. Um, and, and he expects the best out of his player who he's caddying for. And if it's not right, he'll speak up. And there's situations that players get into with their caddies and, so, like, I have players here, you know, they want their buddies to caddy all the time. And I'm like, your buddies can't help you in some situations, though. You know, you need a caddy, a real caddy. Um, and it's a very important part of the game. And, and that's what Colin really brings to that relationship, too, is that he's been in the situation. He knows what it takes as a coach to get there. And he knows as a caddy the um, qualities that a caddy needs to help Jason out to be a teammate. So it's pretty cool to watch the process. Brian, I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to start to get to some playing lessons that can help our listeners tonight save some strokes and, and to play better. And and you've got, like I said, I think at the top in your, uh, in your intro, you've got some great videos on your website. Again, BrianJacobsGolf.com. But let's talk about you sort of at the beginning. Let's talk warm up before our rounds. What are some things that you try to teach your students to do so that their bodies are ready to go play around a golf? Right. Well, if they can, we try to get them to be there 90 minutes, you know, ahead of time. That's not reality though for most people. Most people are running from the office, um, which is good. They can run from their car, you know, to the first tee and really run instead of walk fast. Um, it would at least get some stuff moving, but um, we prefer, like I'd prefer that they do some band stretching, um, you know, and get the body prepared. Uh, I know Catherine's going to be on later. She's awesome, by the way. Um, and she'll recommend some stuff as well, where they've just got to prep their bodies. It's not just mental. Um, you know, you've got to get your body to move. So I'd have them take minimally, I'd have them take a couple of clubs and do some, you know, uh, hold them on the grips too, like a four and a five iron and, and do arm circles with them. Um, we do a little bit of a, a lunge matrix, it's called, where they would lunge, and then they'll take the club, they'll put their the grip side in one hand, and they'll put their uh, other hand on top, 
of the uh, iron, nine iron they can use, or an eight iron, and they'll do uh, multi-plane. They'll go into a lunge with their left leg first out into a lunge position, and they'll go in front of their body holding the club, you know, straight up and down, and they'll rotate, you know, back and forth with the club on three different planes, and then they'll switch sides. And what it does is it helps open up their shoulders, helps them get some blood moving, and it puts them in a lunge position so that they're um, at least getting some some uh, warmth, you know, down in their body. And then just go play. Um, again, my preference would be that they would be there early, you know, and stretch, and then they could putt, chip, pitch, full swing, go back to putting, and then play. The first 30 minutes, I would have them be doing band stretching and, and uh, you know, some some plyometric movement. They could even do what's called frog jumps. I don't know if you ever heard of those, but uh, it's a wide no. squat. Yeah, they'll, they'll wide squat, have their feet out as wide as they can get them, go down and touch their hands on the ground, and then jump up as high as they can jump. Um, and just, you know, get some get some blood moving uh, and, and get their body moving a little bit. So um, I feel like I'm talking so much, but I guess that's the purpose. But uh, Indeed. I get very excited. Yeah, I get very excited about the fitness aspect as well. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of assessments on fitness with our athletes. And the question I'll ask them is, do you feel like you're fit? And they'll always, almost always write, I'm fit enough to play golf. And I don't think they understand the stress and strain, you know, that's put on the human body from a golf swing. Um, and then we start to maybe put them on K-Coach or K-Motion and start to show how their body segments differently and like their wrist angles and some of the other things that, you know, it's amazing how the human body moves. And then you watch like Matt Wolf or Jim Furyk or you watch Ernie Owls and it just looks like, like Ernie Owls looks like he's barely swinging, but that he generates a ton of speed. It's very hard on your body. It's hard on your joints, hard on your hands, it's hard on your elbows and your neck and your back. Um, it's amazing. The younger people now, just how fit they are and how in tune they are with, you know, the high level players about staying in shape and preventing injury, which is huge, I think. And Brian, I also saw a video on your site where you do a warm up drill where you keep your feet very close together to work on mm -hmm. balance. Talk about that sort of warm up drill and what that does for us. Sure. Well, we look for people that have proprioception, which is basically being able to move in space. And so uh, we'll have them put their feet together. They'll just take an eight iron and they're just trying to hit it a hundred yards and they'll just swing back and swing through just effortlessly. We'll have them go to their trail leg and hit balls. Uh, then we'll have them go to their lead leg and hit balls or their push leg, which is their trail leg and their post leg, which is their, their front leg. We'll have them hit balls with their eyes closed. Um, we'll have them hit them with one arm, you know, right arm, left arm. Um, we'll have them point the club face 45 degrees closed and we're trying to get them to hit it at a target, which is a hundred yards away and straight down the center of the range. Um, what's incredible is, is that taking athletes out before I, I did a lesson last year with a guy. I took him on three holes and he was plus three for three holes. I took him out again and I said, okay, we're going to play with your feet closed right now. Minus two, same holes playing just with his feet together. And he's like, well, why wouldn't I always play golf with my feet together? And I said, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but I said, what happened was is you started to eliminate all these mechanical thoughts that you had and you just tried to keep your balance, you know, so you didn't fall over. So we do a lot 
uh, with our athletes. That's part of our warm up. A lot of times, you know, is to have proprioception. People can't balance when they're swinging the club. They they're not going to be a good player. Brian, a couple more before I let you go. And you've also got an interesting drill. I saw one of your students where you took a towel and you sort of bent it maybe in like an arc sort of form, and mm-hmm. uh, and she was yep. taking swings. Talk about what that drill helps us do. What we do is uh, we actually place a tee and a ball in the center of that towel. We make a half circle, and we want um, the student to understand that that circle is a curve. You're playing a side-on game. It's a round game. Uh, so we want the low point of the swing to happen at the bottom of the arc. Um, and so we may use a hula hoop or we may use a towel. Uh, we may point the hula hoop straight up and down and say, well, let's point straight up and down and let's look and see how your swing moves. Well, if it moves, it'll move too steep. The face will come in open and it'll rotate open and then they'll slice it or they'll move it way to the right for a right-handed player. If we tilt it a little bit, um, and they start to understand that that, that club is moving on an arc. So it moves on a circle. It completes the circle when it gets to the front side of your swing, and then the ball is at the bottom of that arc. Uh, so it helps them to visualize a little bit better exactly what a golf swing, you know, should look like. And it's it's kind of a fun, you know, aha moment when their eyes blink and they're like, oh, I thought it was this way. I thought I was going straight back and straight through. Well, no, that's a slice. We want to move in a circle, um, you know, a tilted circle at a certain at a certain angle. And everybody's angle is different depending on how much they bend over, how long their legs are, how long their back is, how long their arms are. So it's it's really pretty cool. It's interesting when they have that aha moment. They're like, oh, I get it now. They're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And Brian, I, for for those of us that um, that struggle with the three, four, five footers, you know, those knee knockers on the putting green, how can first of all, how can we stay more positive and not let the the negative thoughts, you know, creep in there? Instead of you know thinking, well, I'm just going to make this. We a lot of times we think, I hope I don't miss this. And how can we make sure that we are making more of those three to five footers so we're no longer knee knockers? We're just knocking them in. Right. I think, you know, first of all, I would practice 30 footers so that your lag putting's better and you have tap ins instead of five footers. Um, but we, I played yesterday with a gentleman and he had a ton of five and six footers. He didn't make any, you know, he, he under read most of the time. So what we teach our players with four footers and, and, you know, three and five footers is we have them find the predominant slope. So let's say it's moving left to right or right to left, we'll say. They're going to put it on the inside edge of that, you know, aim face on the inside edge, and then they're going to be firm with it unless there's some crazy break to it in general. They're going to go in. And, and I would say also they got to practice. You know, it's, it's, um, people take putting for granted and you can't, you have to practice it. I practice almost every day, you know, putting. Um, it's, uh, it's never an afterthought either. And it's the fastest way, um, you know, that you can lower your scores. If you eliminate three putts, I mean, I've had a, a number of students that have started with me that have had seven, eight, three putts in one round. And you're like, what? It's seven or eight shots. We should never three putt. Um, you know, so we become better lag putters first. And then we are more confident with uh, four, three, four, and five putters. So, Brian, you know, I can't let you go without getting your thoughts on your Buffalo Bills for this upcoming season. <laughs> sort of slid yeah, back last year part. to a six and ten. But, yeah. 
They uh, took a step backwards after making the playoffs in 17. So what are your thoughts? How do you feel heading into this season? I feel great. I mean, they had a great draft. Um, they've had great free agency. They brought my favorite guy back of all time, though, uh, Lee Smith, who played for the Raiders. He was a, a Bill for a few years, and then he left and went to the Raiders. He's my buddy. Um, he's he's a tight end, but he's a guard, you know, or a tackle. I mean, he just annihilates people. Um, and, and I think their defense is very, very good. They're very good up front. Um, Milano and uh, Tremaine Edmonds are great. Uh, and also their back end is very, very good. So I think uh, Poyer and uh, Micah Hyde, I think, are probably, if not the best safeties in the game, have got to be in the conversation of the top three. Uh, so I think Tredavious White and then uh, I, I think Levi Wallace will probably start on the other corner. Uh, so I think defensively, uh, they're going to be phenomenal this year. And Josh Allen obviously has a year in the system and, and, uh, he's got some, some, uh, you know, they've got to, uh, get their line in better shape for offensive line, but, uh, they brought in some great free agents and some guy like Mitch Morse from Kansas City, who's a beast, uh, to play center. So I think that, uh, I think they're going to be okay. I'm not going to say Super Bowl, but I'm going to say playoffs. All right. Very good. Yeah, I think they've got a lot of young talent. I think this is a team that people can't sleep on. I don't know when we'll get to the time, Brian, when somebody else in the AFC East is a division champion over the Patriots. I'm hoping, like so many people, that that time is coming soon. And uh, if it is, I think the Bills are the team that's in position to do it. So good luck this season, my friend. Brian, remind our listeners how they can follow you online and over social media. Yes, absolutely. Instagram and Twitter at Brian Jacobs Golf. And you can find me online at BrianJakesGolf.com. Brian, always so much fun having you as part of the show, my friend. I hope you'll come back real soon. Looking forward to having you here in October. Looking forward to that clinic and uh, getting to spend some time with you. But I hope uh, you'll be back way sooner than that uh, in a a part of the show. Chris, thanks so much. I'm humbled and uh, uh, appreciate our friendship and and, uh, all your success is well-deserved. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, Brian. Take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. You too. That is Brian Jacobs. BrianJacobsGolf.com is the website. A lot of great content on there, folks. Can't say it enough. So many great videos and a lot of teaching instruction as well. So uh, Brian is always so much fun, and I really enjoy him. And like I said at the top, he is a, a 10 times better person, and he is a golf instructor, and he's one of the best golf instructors out there. So looking forward to having Brian back on the show again real soon. 